It's the Satellite Sisters. Hi, this is Leanne Dolan. I'm Monica Dolan. This is Sheila. I'm Liz Dolan. This is Julie. Real Sisters. Real life. Real conversation. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. This is Liz Dolan. It is Saturday, the 29th of November. I'm here with a few of my sisters. We're squeezing it in on a Saturday afternoon because, you know, super busy Thanksgiving weekend all the way around. So I'm here in Santa Monica, California. I just got home from beautiful Bend, Oregon. Sheila Dolan, you are in South Pasadena, California. How, how are you doing out there? I am doing fantastic. The weather is great, and I'm having a great weekend. I love these four-day holidays. It is just hard to beat a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday all strung together. And, Julie, you're in Dallas. How's everything there? Well, happy Thanksgiving, sisters. We didn't spend the Thanksgiving together, the three of us. the three of us have not seen each other, right. No, we were in three different locations for the holidays, so I hope you had a good holiday. I did. It was fantastic. How was yours, Sheila? Oh, it was really, really nice. I would say warm and wonderful. Everything. The weather, Leanne's house, the food, the company. It was a small group. Leanne had 11 this year. Mm -hmm. And she did a lot of, um, which I appreciated, of course, she did a lot of pre-cooking and pre-washing. So she had all the extra dishes already washed. What do you mean? I, I, I don't know what, what I mean by that. She just kept telling me that she did a lot of washing of dishes uh, before everything was done. And I, I, I just know that I had a very easy cleanup this year. Oh, okay. Yes. And that's the important uh, thing. Good for that's you, the Sheila. important thing. But Leon's house is fantastic in Pasadena, as you know. And it was kind of a, it's fashion on Thanksgiving is always hard for me. I have been known to, I don't know, wake up that day and just put on some crazy, crazy things. Yes, Sheila, I went to one Thanksgiving where you were wearing a dress over pants. I had never seen that before. But it became a big big style. But you were the first person on that Thanksgiving dress over pants. You know, you know, Julie, I almost did that again because I had a nice summer. It was it was I had a summer Eileen Fisher dress sleeveless, Uh but I had to add a little sweater. Mm -hmm. So Uh I was wearing a sweater. And then the day before, I, two days before, I'd worn it to school with blue tights uh-huh. uh, to cover my legs for the grandparents' day. Uh-huh. But okay. I decided to go tightless. So it was a it was very bizarre sort of summer-fall outfit. I mean, because <laughs> okay. that's really what the weather was like. Uh-huh. Um, but Leon did, um, did some new sides this year. She did the uh, cubed and roasted butternut squash. Oh, we, uh, we did that in Bend, Oregon, too. Mon- I should say Monica did that. That was same delicious. in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. That was a big <laughs> oh, hit here, too. Yep. Okay, well, just between the three of us, yeah. I like I the mashed butternut squash a lot better. Oh, you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it mashed and because I would never do that for myself. Now, the cubing I could do if I really... <laughs> you could never do cubing, Sheila. Cubing, <laughs> cubing is actually more work than mashing. Well, no, I like it's not. Them. No, usually you have to cube before you mash, Liz. Well, Again, you have you to have chunk. To like, no, you... I helped Monica. I was a sous chef for Monica. So making the chunks, though, if when you're cubing, they need to look good. When you're making chunks for mashing, you you don't have to care what it looks like. 
So that that would be my observation about why one is harder than the other because the, okay. the cosmetic element of having a, a cube. I, I agree. Leanne's cubes were perfect, and um, the mashed potatoes she did ahead of time. Liz, normally you mash the potatoes. Yes, I and, do. And and Leanne had pre pre warned me that I was going to mash potatoes this year, but when I got there, they were pre mashed because she said it was too hot in the morning to ask me to do that. So uh, everything was done. And she made mom's pate, and we had uh, just amazing desserts from Leanne's mother-in-law, who makes pumpkin pie and crisp. There was an apple pie. um, And as a touch of of something, we had uh, cupcakes for dessert (laughs) as well. A touch of something. (laughs) There was a lot of sugar on that table. But um, it, it was great. It was a great Thanksgiving. And Leon, Leon's just a master chef. So what can I say? I, I, I really enjoyed myself. Well, that's good, Sheila. Now, you, you are keeping to some gluten, vegan-free diet. Were you, were you, did you partake in the turkey? Or okay. What's... Here's the thing. Okay, you totally busted me because I did not eat turkey, but I had some pate. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's hard to resist. It's hard to resist a homemade pate. Um, I guess I got my high fat fat content for the year. So, that was good. And, um, no, I did not eat turkey, Julie. That's a good question. Well, you know, we, I, I was exciting sides was the theme for this year at my house too. I, like Lee and I was trying out some new things. We've talked about it on Satellite Sisters. People at our Facebook page, Liz and Sheila, they have been posting what they were going to do. Um, and I have sort of a mixed report. I think the the leek and artichoke uh, bread pudding. Uh, this is uh, Barefoot Contessa's recipe was a giant hit. Mm-hmm. Every oh. I, Family members of all ages enjoyed that. So from Peter, who will be a year old uh, this month, um, up to my husband, uh, everybody loved that side. So that was very successful. The cubed cubed um, butternut squash, I, I, I kind of liked it, but I, I, I think I'm with you, Sheila. I think yes. it needs to be mashed for the Thanksgiving holiday. Okay? I agree. I agree, you Julie. Cube, you can cube all year, but it seems like mashing should happen. <laughs> yes, Julie. The, but if you, if you also have mashed potatoes, and in our case, we also had mashed turnip, the cubing of the squash, of the butternut squash, was a nice alternative to uh, all I, that mash. I, I can see that, Liz. Um, I did try a salad, a raw salad, Sheila, which I oh. had uh, described. Um, this had kale and Brussels sprouts and uh, radicchio, as I have been Yes. As I have been corrected on the Facebook page, lovely looking because it's red and it's purple and it's green and it had a little Parmesan cheese in it and dried cranberries. Nice. Lovely. But you don't want to eat it on Thanksgiving. That's what I decided. <laughs> I, I mean, it was like, what are you doing here at my Thanksgiving feast? Uh, so uh, it tasted it, it tasted fine. I, I'll make it again this winter. But I don't think it's going to be invited back next year for um, for the big holiday. So. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. well, well, it's good to try out a few new things. That That's good. Mm-hmm. The, um, 
Well, I, I was noticing on the Facebook page, Julie, you mentioned how much sharing people were doing. This is the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you're not a member there, the advantage to joining the Facebook group is that everyone can post as opposed to a Facebook page where we get to post and all you get to do is like us, which of course is fine. Or you can comment, but in the Facebook group, anything goes over there. So I noticed a trend starting very early in the day on uh on thursday and it was um pie disasters like it just seemed to be like the flies were pieing uh, the pies were pieing all over the place. first kathy posted that she had an apple crumb pie incident mm-hmm. and you could see she had photographs of the incident the incident meant the end of the pie. I mean, the pie's on the floor, right? That was her incident. That was tragic, Liz. That really was awful. It was tragic, but it would have been bad enough if it was just the one incident, Julie. But then, no. Then Patty had a lemon meringue pie incident. And, again, more photos of that. And she seemed to take it very well. She said they just went out and bought a new one. You know, because you that's what you need to do. It's Thanksgiving. You just need to keep going. But then Dina had another lemon meringue pie incident. And this one actually sounded dangerous, Dina. And I apologize for sounding a little bit callous in my comment that I originally posted there because Dina explained that her mother tripped on the threshold and Ooh. fell face down. Oh, into and- the fry, Sheila, into the oh, meringue. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just want to ask, I, I know I'm not a baker, but is lemon meringue typically a Thanksgiving Day pie? Oh, I, I think I I think Sheila again. It's Thanksgiving. You okay, can do so whatever is the tradition in your family. Okay, and okay. if that's your best pie, bring it on. That's what bring I said. Okay, 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 Sheila. Next up, I'm going to share with you some shocking traditions from around the country, food-wise. That uh, is, there's an interactive map of America posted at the New York Times site right now of all of the Google searches in different parts of the country. And it reveals what people are really eating. And I'm telling you, if you think lemon meringue pie is edgy, <laughs> wait, wait till you hear what people are actually doing uh, on Thanksgiving. Anyway, Dina did comment that she felt like the fluffy meringue in her mother's pie is what saved her because mm-hmm. it, you know, cushioned the blow. And mm. I'm sorry, Dina, when I when I commented on that, I just posted it was the third pie that had gone down just on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group alone on Thanksgiving morning. So I made a comment that, you know, pie safety is something we all need to uh, pay a little bit more attention to. But others chimed in and asked how your mother was, which <laughs> made me feel a little guilty. So, But luckily your mother is fine and uh, everybody survived uh, the pie incidents. And then one last uh, incident that Jill posted. It was about um, some leftover stuffing. Apparently, a bag, a like Ziploc bag of stuffing, landed on the floor. It was slightly open, and her dog, her dog got the nose into the stuffing. <laughs> but but Jill managed to like snatch the bag away before there was too much dog eating of the stuffing. <laughs> And and she really felt like once she reheated it, you really couldn't tell the dog had been in there at all. There was no no dog flavor, no no dog smell. And she made the comment, you know, we get a lot of comments from Jill. Uh, She's recently been through uh, cancer. And she kind of said, you know, once you've been through cancer... Like a dog putting his face in your stuffing? This is not really, not such a big deal. 
So that's it's all perspective, Liz. Uh, yes, have. totally perspective. So there was a lot going on out there with uh, food safety of all kinds. Okay, but now I want so this map that I just mentioned. This is the craziest thing. Actually, Monica discovered this. Monica is still in Bend. I came home this morning because I needed to do a bunch of things here in L.A. Hang on, let me just call up this thing. Okay, so what this is is uh, on the Times website, it says the Thanksgiving recipes Googled in every state. So they just, this is the sort of big data approach to everything that if you can tell if there are zillions of people Googling, certain things rise to the top, that probably also tells you what they're eating. And Mm -hmm. there were some, I just had no idea what people actually ate. Uh, so for instance, in Delaware, so they give you the rankings, the top 10 Googled foods for each of the, each of the 50 States. Uh, number one in Delaware was something called pretzel salad. Has anyone, anyone had any Uh, pretzel salad? No, no, I've never never even heard of it. I've, I've had a pretzel croissant. Okay. Yes. Well, right. But pretzel salad, not sure what that is, but I guarantee none of you guys have had the most popular item in Colorado, which is frog eye salad. Ooh. Ow. <laughs> not their real frog eyes. That here. kind of spoiled. Okay. Well, yeah, no. It's, <laughs> I'm it, just it, guessing. I'm just... Are they candies? I mean, um, hopefully it's, it's, it's not real. Here's what it says. It's, a, it's pasta, fruit, eggs, whipped cream, and one other thing that I wrote down, and now I can't read my writing. That seems like a wrong combination. So yeah. we need someone from the Satellite Sisterhood to speak up for uh, frog eye salad. I've never heard of that. Yeah, because word. that came up, Julie, in three different states, uh, Colorado, Idaho, and Wyoming. Uh, they're into the frog eye salad. Okay, but- sounds like something you make on a ranch, Liz. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about it. Okay, but then other ranches in Iowa, they are not making frog eye salad. They are making snicker apple salad. Sheila. Oh, that's that's what I I can get I get behind that. Okay, that sounds like a winner, Liz. You so, know, it sounds like it when it, it's probably won the Iowa State Fair mm-hmm. uh, best uh, salad contest one year and has just become a state favorite. I think that sounds great. Yeah, as Monica was reading these aloud last night, I was like, "So what's in a Snicker apple salad?" So she she dug deeper into that. Well, it's Snickers and apples. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> okay. Now, Julie, you lived in Louisiana a long yes, time. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Have you in- had Merleton casserole? Yes, I have, Liz. I've had Merleton ca- casserole. It, you- it's a squash, Liz. Okay. It's, I had it's never heard of that. It's a, it's a big sort of, it's a green squash. It's like a, um, a yellow squash, uh, not really a zucchini. Um, yes, it's delicious. Uh, it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you put other stuff. Apparently you can put shrimp in it you can put ham You can put in. shrimp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. I had never, ever heard of that. Uh, North Carolina, Sheila, have you ever, uh, had a pig picking cake? Well, you know, I've been to a pig picking. Uh, when I was in high school, I did that week exchange uh-huh. in North Carolina. Right. So I've been to a pig picking. I feel like I've almost, I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can- but here's the thing about pig picking cake. There's no pig in a pig picking cake. There's no pork products of any kind. Pig picking cake is canned mandarin, orange slices, and pineapple. Mm. So. 
I, I guess that's refreshing. like a that's like a side for the roasted pig. I think. Yeah, I guess. We're t- yeah. <laughs> okay, it's an exciting side. Yeah, that sounds very refreshing for the um, for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> And a little lighter than North Dakota's favorite, which is uh, cookie salad. There are a lot of salads made of sweets, which was a whole new, the whole middle of the country. You're having a lot of salads made of sweets. I'm not not judging, but it's just all new to me. So cookie salad is made of cookies, pudding, and Cool Whip. So North Dakota, hope you're enjoying that. Yeah, I think I think basically they're referring to salads as anything you just mix together. <laughs> I mean, who says a salad has to be green, Sheila? Come on. Okay. I know. Get rid of the radicchio, add more Snickers. <laughs> um, okay, then, so these were all very, very surprising things to me. But then the funniest part of this whole list, these are the Thanksgiving recipes, Googled in every state, is... Uh, the, the, the few states that came through as totally 100% predictable, like there are reasons stereotypes exist. Uh, state number one, our home state, based on the conversation we just had, would you like to know what the number one Googled recipe is in Connecticut for this Thanksgiving? Butternut squash. Butternut exactly. squash. <laughs> Butternut squash. You nailed it. So all three of us had that in various forms. Very, yeah, butternut squash, number one in Connecticut, hands down. Uh, Minnesota. We have many, many, many beloved listeners in Minnesota. Guess what the number, number one Googled recipe is in Minnesota? Um, I would say either mashed potatoes or green bean salad. No, wild rice casserole, Sheila. Because, you know, it's the land of wild rice. Oh, I, I didn't know that. That would be delicious with turkey dinner. Yeah, it would be delicious. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy to see that. Sheila, have you been? I know we've done a bunch of appearances in Minneapolis. Were you along on any of those? I, I think I was. But yes. I, I was taking a guess with the mashed potatoes. No, no, it's a good guess. Because I remember one time we were there. Um, they We got wild rice as like a special going away gift and a, a tan of wild rice to take home. So that was very delicious. But then the funniest, most predictable, most hilarious, stereotypes exist for a reason. Uh, the state of Oregon, where Monica and I spent the Thanksgiving day with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, and our niece and nephew Leo and Fiona. Uh, number one in Oregon. Any guesses? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> let me just say this. It could not be more predictable. Vegan, vegan mushroom gravy. <laughs> oh, that's yes. that's 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 wonderful. Yeah, that's great. It's just like there was no the whole top ten list for Oregon had no meat on it, meat on it at all of any kind, and four out of the ten items on their top ten were vegan. So yes, stereotypes exist for a reason. We didn't have anything vegan at our meal. Uh, we did have some gluten-free manicotti at our meal oh yeah which is there were there were neighbors that came over they recently moved to bend from new jersey where of course you know the first course to your thanksgiving dinner is the classic italian 
Manicotti. So hmm. that was a very nice change uh, for the Dolan family to have. Sounds very exciting, Liz. An exciting side. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was very exciting. Anyway, it's very funny. If you want to check out this list, you will laugh when you see all of the various crazy things that are getting eaten all over the country. Things that are predictable and things that are wildly not. So, uh, all right. Besides eating Thanksgiving, the next thing that... Um, most people get involved in is some travel. Now, neither of you two went anywhere, right? You just nope. stayed home. Stayed, stayed in place. We sheltered in place, Liz, for the big <laughs> And that if you can do that, that's the way to go. Okay. If that, they need a few more dishes, more cooking, but uh, but you're not at the airports or on the road. So. Okay. I know. Well, I decided that because I knew I was not going to see our brother Dick, sister-in-law Susan, and Leo and Fiona for Christmas because we have other Christmas plans, that I would go to Bend for uh, Thanksgiving. So I did go to LAX, and I did have to fly. And uh, But here's what I did not do. Uh, this is a story that I just read from ABC News. Uh, in the past 24 hours. And this I put under the category of don't tell Ferris. You know, my dog Ferris could not go with me I to, know. for Thanksgiving because Ferris does not fly. And uh, But apparently people have very loose definitions of which animals qualify to go with them. So here's a story. Jonathan Skolnick, he's a professor, professor at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, and he was on a U.S. Airways flight in Connecticut, which surprised me because it just seems, you know, kind of wild and crazy for Connecticut. Um, a passenger boarded the, the, the flight after him. The, she had a duffel bag. Uh, that she put down and then she started to kind of do her thing, get herself uh, organized. And he said, but it turns out it wasn't a duffel bag. Uh, it was a pig on a leash, Sheila. She had a pig with her. Oh, come on, people. Yes. She had a, the pig, they guessed the pig weighed between 50 and 70 pounds. Okay, that's uh, a big pig. That's like yes. an ornamental <laughs> oinker or anything like yes. that. No, that's, right. And she, yeah. just, she just tied it to the armrest next to her. So now you're talking pig in the, pig in the aisle. It's not oh like my she, pig on a plane. Pig, yeah. pig on a plane, pig in the aisle. She didn't even buy a seat for the pig. And then, you know, because they're, they're boarding, you know, there's a lot of uh, commotion. The pig got disruptive. The pig, pig got a little out of, it, out of control. And so eventually the airline decided this is not really going to work for us. And the woman and the pig, she said, was her therapy pig. Mm -hmm. It was an emotional support animal. Mm -hmm. uh, and oh, uh, eventually wow. the woman and the pig uh, deplaned. But here's my question. I know what your question's going to be, Liz, because it's my question, too. Go ahead. What is this? How many checkpoints did she have to go through with a pig <laughs> that she was, like, waved through, like, checking your bags? Okay, yeah, sure, you can carry your pig on uh, through the TSA checkpoint. Yeah. Does the pig go through the x-ray machine? Does the pig walk through the magnetometer with you? There's nobody along the – there's no there's no gate agent. So there are at least three checkpoints between you and getting on that plane with your pig. All of those people went along with this pig plan? 
Was that I, your I was that your question too, Julie? Yeah, exactly. I mean, did she have to put the pig up on the scale to see if the pig was overweight, <laughs> you know, for luggage? Or did she have to, you know, even before you get in the security line, they're now so careful about the size of your bag. Yeah. If that pig was 50 to 60 pounds, did they have to fit that pig in that little <laughs> sizer thing they have? <laughs> I know. Was she supposed to put the pig under the seat in front of her or in the uh, overhead compartment? Where no, did, where did I'll people tell you, think the pig was going to go? I'll tell you where she's supposed to put a pig in a blanket. <laughs> Get out a blanket, man. Wrap it up. It is an incredible story because I do not know how she got that. She got that far. Now you, I mean, all, people, you are allowed to bring animals on planes for for comfort. I mean, but I think they have to be registered. But you can bring a wide range of animals, Liz, because this story prompted. I, I was doing some further reading on this. I mean, you can bring a mini pony on a plane uh, as, as an uh, animal. Yeah, but it would seem like you might have to get like. That she, you know, would have to get an extra seat. That's bigger than like a two-year-old. Yes. Is not, you know, if you're two, you have to buy a seat. Okay. <laughs> I've, never seen, I've never seen a 70-pound two-year-old. That's no, for sure. No, that's right. No, that's <laughs> right. You, you have to buy a seat. So she should have bought a seat for that pig. Okay, that would have made it better. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything would have made it better. Actually, like, what if you're, so you're on the window. Just imagine this scenario, Sheila. You're on the window, the woman's on the aisle, and the the, the middle seat is a pig. I just, well, what's I, your what's your plan when that happens? You know, I I, I call for help. You know, and uh, I am boycotting a restaurant right now because they allow dogs in. I mean, it's 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 gotten out of control. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's yeah. Yeah. you know, um, I mean, I I don't know what to say. You know, I, is it pig toilet trained? I mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't, but it is an incredible story. I've been through the security at that Hartford airport. It's very tough there. I remember that uh, most of the TSA agents are yelling at you all the time to take your shoes off, to take yeah. your laptop out, to get your three ounces of liquids. <laughs> but the pig, the yeah. 60 pound pig, no problem. Uh, just another reason to stay home at the holidays if you possibly can. Otherwise, you're you're sharing your row with the pig. Well, sisters, uh, I have a new segment that I want to. Um, I have labeled "Good Idea, Bad Idea." Um, I saw this article and made me think of both of you because you both have groups of friends. I mean, Liz, you have your friends. Sheila, you have your friends, mm-hmm. and that this is supposedly sort of a new trend that's going on. They've they've had it in a number of places, and I wanted to know if this is of interest to you. In fact. You wouldn't even have to do it with your friends. You could do it with your sisters. But I think mainly your friends would qualify for this is groups of friends are getting together to buy like a bed and breakfast hotels. Okay. So oh my God. Oh yeah. Well, oh my God. This, this is I can't like, imagine on. anything worse. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm okay, listening. This is, they had a story of it, it's in, they have a sort of some guy out in Quag on Long Island um, and there was some old inn, and he thought it would be really great that if they, he could get enough of his friends together to invest in fixing up the inn, that they could use it as a bed and breakfast, and then it would be a clubhouse for the friends when they were out 
uh, vacationing on Long Island. Um, the same thing has happened in up, in upstate Connecticut, and it's happening in Vermont. Uh, and it's, you know, groups of people are getting together to buy old inns or bed and breakfasts, and, uh, and that way they can... They can rent them out, or can all meet at their at their inn. Right. So, good idea or bad idea, Liz? What do you think? Um, okay, I won't even stay in a bed and breakfast. Never mind, like, <laughs> own one or work there. It's just too personal. It's too. I just want just give me a whole hotel. So the the idea that of just everyone being a little bit too cozy with strangers. I'm just not into the whole bed and breakfast scenario. But even even that aside, I wouldn't want to work in one either because if there's anything I hate doing, it's housekeeping. It's it's either bed or breakfast, you know, in, in <laughs> the largest sense. Like the just constantly making the bed, taking care of people in my inn, that's not something that's going to be happening by me. I could run the reservation system or something like that. But then that brings me to the third point where this is a bad idea. If it's a bunch of friends who will all own this bed and breakfast together, then, you know, how many rooms are you actually going to have free for the renting out? Doesn't exactly sound like a moneymaker either. So it sounds like a very sweet idea for people that just want to share a vacation home. Just call it what it is. You're just sharing a vacation home, which is an excellent idea. But once you start welcoming strangers in and now all of a sudden you're waiting on them, I'm out. I'm just totally (laughs) out of that whole scenario. Sheila? Okay, no strangers uh, for Liz. Sheila, okay, you well, think? you know what? I'd like to be a founding member of an inn, but not have to invest my money, per se, um, <laughs> because I don't have any. I would like to help out in the cleaning or uh, reception. I mean, I, I think I would make a good full-time inn dweller, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> And well, dweller or worker? <laughs> I think she said dweller. Liz. I'd like to live and work in an inn. Oh, well, sure. I, I've always said I meant to live in a hotel. Yes. And then, uh, but then the whole point is people are taking care of me, not the reverse. <laughs> I, I just, Sheila, do you see yourself like, would you want to welcome strangers into your place? Oh, yes. Yeah. I think I'd be very good at that. And, and, yes. and, and but would I, you actually enjoy the strangers? I know you'd be, I think you would be a very friendly front desk person, but then they're going upstairs and they're staying in your home. That's okay. I mean, you know, just as long as they're paying and, um, and they, they're not making a lot of noise, it will keep me busy out of trouble. I like the idea. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. And Julie, how about you? No, I think this is a recipe for disaster among friends, okay? I I just, uh, I love my friends. I love spending time with my friends, but I don't want to invest in an enterprise with my friends. Uh, I, I just think it's... It's way too risky. And no, and I don't want to own a bed and breakfast. I do not want to get up at four o'clock in the morning and make the muffins yeah, and right. uh, and talk to strangers. Right, uh, and everything has to be homemade at a bed and breakfast. The breakfast yes, has right. to be really good. It's not like you're going to put some cereal boxes on the table and have a self-service coffee maker. You know, know. Uh, one thing I would... Cereal box. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that would be a great place to stay. <laughs> One thing I would say, though, it's not as if I have a problem with sharing places because I have a bunch of friends where we have been talking now for almost 10 years about uh, buying a place together that would be um, 
where we could all grow old together because none of us have any kids. And so if we had a place that was like four apartments and then a central space that would be dining, living, and ultimately medical care, like a small medical facility, we, we've we had a lot of brainstorming sessions about what that would be. Just sort of a, an old folks home, but just for us, we're the folks. And uh, so we, because you want to have some privacy, but then, you know, you don't want to be all alone in your old age. Mm-hmm. So having, so it's both social and practical. And I, I think this is something that is actually going to start happening a lot more. You read about it happening here and there, and it makes total sense to me, especially for those of us that don't have kids we can just move in with in our old age. So no, that, Liz, I think it's a good, I really think it's a good idea. Some of my friends, when we get together, we talk about a similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Although, really? Well, do either of you need a concierge? <laughs> <laughs> Will you be receiving medication at the front desk? I would like to support you and live and dwell. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sheila. You're okay, just, Sheila. You could also order out all of our food. You'd be willing to do oh, that? Oh, know how good I am at ordering out. I know you are, Sheila. You're the best. You're the best. I think, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think you would be ideally suited to that. The only hitch there, Sheila, is that you're just as old as we are. <laughs> so you actually need the people running the joint for you. Your staff probably needs to be younger than you. I'll so. hire young. Uh, that's that's what we'll do. <laughs> Sounds good. Pick a nice place by the Mediterranean. Okay. And we'll, we'll get that set up. Oh, Mediterranean. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking big. <laughs> I, I was thinking Santa Monica, where I currently live. But okay, Mediterranean, we'll, we'll get right on that for you. <laughs> so, any more good ideas, bad ideas, Jewel? No, that was my big idea for the day. So, but I think it's given us a lot to think about. It does. So, yes. Oh, yes. Um, well, you know, I did. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to go support our sister Leanne today. Now, I always seem to get this wrong. She does. Um, she does. She shows up at the Romans bookstore every now and then, and does what they call sort of a special shopper. So she is a celebrated author at our local bookstore in Pasadena, Romans. And every once in a while, they invite the authors in to actually wait on customers, wearing the official badge but also sort of semi-promoting their own books and just introducing themselves, blah, blah, blah. Well, whenever Leanne does this, I get it wrong. I think she's speaking. I think that she's having a big shindig. So I, I, I do a lot of running around this morning, and what can I bring Leanne? She's in the middle of a huge book talk. So I decided to go to Starbucks and get her a giant iced tea, right? Uh, one of the nice... Tazo passion fruit teas. Nice. Um, very good ordering. Very good ordering too. Not just you know, not just a regular little no, tea. No. Unsweetened, Julie. Oh, good, Sheila. Unsweetened. Um, and I thought she'd really need it. And I got put hair and makeup on. You know, I just I got a little dutied up, you know, for the event. Uh, and so I run into Romans and I run upstairs into. Uh, their room where they host authors and they have book talks. No one is around. And I said, well, maybe it's in a special room somewhere. You know, maybe they've <laughs> quarantined the authors in some exclusive, you know, section of the bookstore. So I'm running around Romans with this giant iced tea 
trying to find Leanne. And all of a sudden, I hear Leanne yelling, Sheila! (laughs) She kind of stops me on the stairs. And I see her in her green apron in the middle middle of the floor, basically wandering around. I go, oh, I I thought you were giving a talk. She's like, no, no, I'm not giving a talk. She's she's not upset with me, but she's just... <laughs> She's upset with you. She's slightly <laughs> perturbed, and I—I I, I mean, I—I I got it wrong, and I said, "Oh well, I brought you this iced tea." She said, "I can't drink that iced tea. I'm working." <laughs> I, I, well, she's right I, about that. It's a bookstore. You can spill that on things. I, I said, "Well, now that I'm here, do you want to show me where your book is? I mean, do you want to <laughs> sell me something? Make the most." Yeah. This is, you are two grown women, okay? (laughs) And that, this story, you could have been like 10 and 8 and and it would have been the same thing. Like she, she would have been mad. What are you doing here? What I was showed up in her classroom. Or I did. Showed up at the library when she was. I basically embarrassed her in some way, shape, or form, even though there was no one around. And the giant iced tea just made it worse. She said, I can't drink that now. Um, and I secretly thought, well, good, I can have it, you know, because I'm thirsty. I've been running around all morning trying to get ready for this book reading, but it's not a book reading. Not a book reading. Hmm. So that's what I did. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't exactly stalking her, but I wanted to support her in the way that I, you know, I could, but my support was not wanted at that point in time. (laughs) Not needed, apparently. Not needed. Not needed. <laughs> yeah, well, today is what they officially call Small Business Saturday, right? So this is what, uh, I think this is what Romans does to reinforce that they're an independently owned bookstore. Small Business Saturday is meant to follow Black Friday, which is where the big box stores and the department stores just go crazy with stuff. So um, have you guys done any shopping this weekend at all? Yes, I have, Liz. Uh-huh. I, I, I did a total Black Friday experience. I didn't go to the mall, but I have some stores right around me that were having Black Friday sales, and I've never done that before, and it's wonderful. Things are 50%. <laughs> Julia, really, I've never done it before either, and I did it, and you're right. They're, <laughs> they're giving stuff away. They are Between the coupons, the free shipping, <laughs> the it's 50% off. Gosh, I loved it. I loved it. I'm going out next Thanksgiving night. <laughs> wow. Get some get some good grandchild uh, grandchildren. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I've been shopping for you girls. I I want you to know because uh yesterday in the mail, Neiman Marcus, their Christmas book, you know, this is their big catalog. I live in Texas, so I get a Neiman Marcus catalog. I think they, they issue one to every citizen of the state Registered of voter. Yes, <laughs> whatever. But, you know, they, they're famous for their fantasy gifts that uh, in addition to highly expensive gifts, they put together these incredible package gifts that uh, that you might want. So I was I was thinking, you know, I have my sisters on my uh, on my wish list and what would they want? I, I eliminated <laughs> a couple of things. This year for $50,000, they're offering 
uh, his and her amphibian vehicles. So I just, these are vehicles that you can, you know, that you can ride around in the woods in, or you can take them in the water. Now, Liz, I know you're going on your big trip and maybe (laughs) you'd like an amphibian uh, vehicle, but for you two sisters as single ladies, I just didn't see that this would be the right gift for you. No, No, thanks. Does for the right person, that would be a fantastic gift, but Speaking for myself, I am not the right person. No. Okay. Another gift that I eliminated for you, Liz, and it's one of their major gifts. Um, It's called a Vanity Fair Oscar weekend party thing. It costs $425,000, Liz. What? Wow. Yes, yes. For what? this is well. You get to go. Um, you get to go to the Oscars, and you get to go to the Vanity Fair party after the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Liz, Liz, you've you've done that, right? You've done that. Okay, I, I have done that. Yes, you mm-hmm. you had to work at these things. So <laughs> I, the idea that I would pay yeah. four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars so that you could go, I just didn't think that you would appreciate. No, that. No, but I'm sure Sheila would be happy to have you spend four hundred twenty five thousand dollars. So she got to go. Well, no, 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 I had picked out something else. For <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I had picked out something else for you, uh, for each of you. For you, Sheila, um, there, there is something that they're offering this this year. And let me get make sure I get the price right on this. Okay, <laughs> yes, this is this is called the House of Creed bespoke fragrance journey and this is this is the most expensive show it's four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars okay love it so this is for the person you know you already have everything you have all the clothing you have all the decor (laughs) your houses are all perfect but what you really need is your quest for your own personal fragrance two first class tickets to paris uh, you get to go stay um, near Fontainebleau, and there is where the House of Creed is. And this is a sixth-generation master perfumer is going to meet you there. Now, this is the part that I thought would appeal to you. Not not that you don't like scents, Sheila, but the master perfumer's name is Olivier Creed, and he's going to be with you all weekend. And so yes, Olivier. Okay, sign Sheila up. Or the city of lights, house of greed. House of greed is more like it. That sounds good. Okay, and he, you get to dine with Olivier. Yes, five star accommodations, white glove car service, Sheila. I knew you would like that. Private tours, and you get to you get to experience what royals do because they would make your own facing friend scent. But it's the Olivier part that I thought that this gift. Comes with a man. That just seems That's perfect. A French escort and a five star. I love it. Sounds good for you. Now, for you, Liz, uh-huh. they had something that I just, you know, I just know it's hard to pick a gift for you, Liz, because you've done everything, been everywhere, but you haven't done this. And I just know you would love it. And it's for you and five of your friends. Oh, okay, okay good. A bargain thing $125. You get to go to New Orleans. For Mardi Gras, Liz. Okay, but uh-huh. okay, but get this, Liz. Okay, you get to go to Mar- Mardi Gras. Okay, I know you've been there. You go yeah. to the French Quarter. You stay. You eat at 
our nose. You get to go to Commander's Palace. But here's the best part, that you and your friends get to ride in a Mardi Gras parade. You get to be on the floats, Liz. Okay, that would be super fun. I know your husband and your sons have done that at Mardi Gras, and they love it, right? Yes. I mean, Mardi Gras is a fantastic experience. Everyone should go and experience it once. But there is no, there is, there is nothing like being on a float and riding all through the city of New Orleans on the Monday before Mardi Gras. And then you get to go to, it's part of the Orpheus crew. This would be hosting you. And then you get to go to the Orpheus Ball. Now, I can't imagine that the Orpheus Ball is going to be as good as the big Endemian extravaganza that we go to. But I think, (laughs) all right, I think you will have, this would be a gift for the lifetime for you. Okay. So that, think- that sounds awesome. You're right. That's a, that's like an experience you cannot replicate anywhere else in the world at any other time of the year. So, so thank you, Julie. That's how much you said? 125,000? 125,000 for six people. Okay. So, oh, that's for six bad. people. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's, that that's was better just- than buying a B and B. Yes. Much better than that. I mean, they had some other gifts that I just, you know, um, Preston Bailey, he's a famous decorator, party guy. He had for $65,000, he will come and create a floral peacock in your backyard. But uh, you, you two don't have backyards. So that I had to. That, that is not worth the money at all. now, does this catalog sell? I mean, do they have cashmere sweaters? Yes, yes, just... Sheila. You can get a cat. It's Neiman Marcus. Yes. Okay. You can, for your trip to, uh, to Paris with Olivia, you can get a cashmere sweater, okay, too. Okay, you want. Let's throw a couple of those in. Okay, okay. You, you know, next year we should do a Satellite Sisters gift book. We could each invent one gift that we could do. Like, Sheila, you might want to have someone over to spend the night in your home and you can make them breakfast in the morning. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'd like someone like Johnny Depp to spend the night in my home. Or Olivier Creed. Olivier. I, I, look him up, Sheila. See what he, Check him out to see what he's all about. So, um, so yeah, I eliminated the floral peacock uh, for 65K. That didn't seem, I mean, maybe Leon might like that for her backyard. I don't it, understand what that is. That's a, it's a giant floral peacock, Liz. That's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. So, so what it's is just, there to it's, explain? <laughs> it's flowers in the shape of a peacock. Flowers in a plant in the shape of a giant peacock, six foot feet tall. Okay. Can have, that's very Dallas. I no, think. it's not. Well, maybe, it, yeah, maybe it's Dallas, but I might look nice in Pasadena. They also have a Maserati, a limited edition Maserati uh, for $95,000. It's like uh, a downright steal compared to some of these gifts. So that may be something. I know Monica's looking for a new car. This <laughs> yeah. Maserati is very nice, um, of course, because it will be a limited edition. I know she'll feel special in it, yeah. but it also has quad force, so you can she can drive that right up over Mount Hood. Uh, she won't have to worry about <laughs> taking her Maserati to bend. Uh, so. at, at 50 miles per hour, which is what she drives. <laughs> well, she, she had a very successful trip over to bend on the bus, as you know. We talked about this last weekend yes yes i I picked her up at the bus she had a roller bag full of butternut squash and turnip and turnip it was very successful trip over the mountain 
But, yeah. you know, when you talk about a floral peacock, Julie, it reminds me like my kind of bird, again, going back to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, our longtime Satellite Sister Kathy posted a photo on Thanksgiving of the cheese in the shape of a turkey that her husband Ron did. Did, yes. you, did you see that? It you was know, very impressive. That's Ron an impressive bird. bird. Yes. yes. The, I would rather have cheese in the shape of a turkey. <laughs> Than a floral, floral peacock. peacock. I can see no takers to the floral peacock, but <laughs> somebody will want that so down the road. I, I think I could talk Leon into it. So anyway, there's just it's going to be a very exciting Christmas for you all. That sounds very- good, Jewel. Is this come UPS or um <laughs> How shall we wait for our gifts? Yes, you just keep waiting for your gifts, Sheila. So I actually did do some shopping too. Um, the yesterday in Bend, Monica and I were just strolling around town, and our nephew Leo, who would also be your nephew, um, has a new job. And so I think as I was shopping yesterday, I had some observations about seasonal help like the strengths and weaknesses of seasonal help. Mm -hmm. So we walked in, Leo, whose previous gigs have been dishwasher at a Mexican restaurant Mm -hmm. and pizza delivery guy, Mm -hmm. now has the job of his dreams. He works in the toy store in downtown Bend. (laughs) He works in the store. Have you ever been into Leaping Lizards, uh, Bend? Well, it's an adorable, fantastic toy store. And so Monica and I walked in there yesterday just to check on how he was doing. And he was the most gracious greeter you've ever had ever <laughs> in a toy store. He's like, welcome to the store. How can I help you choose your gifts? You ladies look like you might be in the, in the market for some knickknacks. Should I take you over here to the knickknack department? He was really he loves it, working in a toy store. Like, how great is that at Christmas season to be working in a toy store? So he was he was really throwing his heart into it. And I did, Julie, I made some purchases for your three grandchildren. I picked I out... I picked out some. I have four now, Liz, as you know. Okay, no, I, 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 okay. Yeah, then, don't forget Josephine. No, okay. I did. I thought about Josephine, but these are coming to the three in Dallas. Okay, and I'm not going to say any more except that it was these were these are a little bit eccentric, and I just thought that it would that your son's household would enjoy the arriving of these gifts will be the important moment. It's oh. not so much a waiting under the Christmas tree kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't want to say anymore. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when those things roll in. So oh. they're, they're baby piglets. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. In a duffel bag. Okay, We're going to be so cute. Okay, so I would put Leo and his his enthusiasm for toys under the category of great seasonal help. Mm-hmm. Then I had a different kind of experience with the poor seasonal help category. Monica, like I also, Julie, have never gone out shopping on Friday morning of Black Friday. It just seemed like, well... If everyone else is doing it, that's exactly why I should not do it. I have to say, that's always been my thinking in the past. Why would you go shopping at exactly the same time that everyone else in the world is going shopping? Mm -hmm. Well, I figured it out. It's because everything is 50% off. It's It's amazing. It's amazing. So for some reason, I woke up Friday morning in the little bungalow in Bend that, you know, we all share and people come and go there. And so I just woke up Friday morning thinking, 
this bedding is not working for me anymore. It was just like old sheets, mismatched blankets. I just decided I needed to remake my bed, which is wildly different than owning a bed and breakfast. Okay. I'm talking about my (laughs) bed. I have opinions about my bed that I sleep in. So, uh, so I got up, I jumped in the car and I went out to Bend, Oregon has the world's smallest Macy's, which is excellent because it just, you can like walk in, get a lot of stuff done really quickly, very cozy little store and walk out. So I go in, I buy just what I need. I wanted a new, uh, bedspread. I needed a new duvet cover. Like I knew what I wanted. I was shocked to see the prices, like really like I could not believe the prices. So I bought what I needed in and out. I was in and out of the store in 15 minutes. I wasn't browsing or anything, but I came home with this bedding, remade my bed and was so excited (laughs) at the result of having remade my bed that when Monica got up, I was like, okay, you know, those like battle beds we have like up in the attic, you guys have, you've been in that house, haven't you, Julie? Yes. Have you, yeah. yeah. So I, we have some random beds up there that are the sort of kids beds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, time to tidy up those beds. I think those beds just always look unmade. And we just need, they're giving away this stuff at Macy's. I was like, we, we have to go back to Macy's. Crazy person. Just, just for bedspread, Sheila. That was all. I just wanted like neat. that's what they say if you do targeted shopping if yep. you don't stray if you don't wander you can score big on yes. black friday <laughs> so so i had already scouted the whole bedding department i was like essentially we need like just coverlets or bedspreads for this stuff just to pull it all together up here uh so uh so monica and i go now it's after one and here's the one thing i learned the hard way some of the special deals expire at 1 mm. p.m. Mm. Did, oh. n- did not know that. Did not know that. But that's like all the special stuff they do with the cash register where you don't know what they're doing anyway. And uh, But <laughs> there was still a lot of 50% off merch. And then we were in the clearance. Of course, Monica and I disagreed wildly about what these bedspreads should look like. So there was a lot of... Oh, that go- must have been a nice conversation. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we were... But I, I decided the one thing we could agree on would be something from the Martha Stewart area you know her bedding is actually simple and attractive i love her bedding so Mm -hmm. we're over in the in the in the bedding area in the martha stewart area in the bedding department and the seasonal help wanders over to try to be helpful okay the first thing we ask for is uh we tell her we're looking to buy coverlets and she's like i have no idea what you're talking about we're like which part of that don't you understand yeah yeah she said what is that word you used we're like, coverlet? <laughs> and she's like, I've never even heard of that. And so we pick one up, and because in big letters on the packaging, it says coverlet. We're like, like this? She's like, oh, okay. Okay, great. Anyway, so then we're sorting through the stuff. Monica and I are negotiating which one we can agree on. We finally find one that we think we can agree on. But because of the pricing and the 1 p.m., and the, it's unclear what it actually costs now at like 1.37 in the afternoon. So we asked the seasonal help to help us figure this out. And she is reading the thing, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, she gives us a price, which is like not a good deal at all. And we're like, well, really? It costs that much? She's like, oh, yeah, look, you can read the sign. Yeah, that's what that costs. 
And so, I don't know. Anyway, so it drove us out of that department because it was not, I mean, these are just little bunk beds upstairs. I wasn't that serious about it. So we wander over. Now we're back in the clearance department. And uh, we end up back over at the Martha Stewart department. And we find an alternate choice that is very attractive that we could quickly agree on. We take that. Luckily, the seasonal help has disappeared. But it's essentially the same product as the other one, which she told us was like, Two hundred dollars oh. for this quilt. We get up to the cash register for one quilt. Yes, Sheila. Wow. We get up to the cash register. It's seventy nine dollars. <laughs> it's the uh, the quilt that she told us was two hundred dollars was actually seventy nine dollars. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so we we bought one. We had to order another. That's all. It was just hilarious that she was so wrong. But then when she was at the point where she was telling us, like when she said it was two hundred dollars, I'm like. Really? How could that be? Like that? I was here this morning, and it was so much less. We it doubled in price, more than doubled in price from this morning. And she said, "You know what I would do if I was you?" And we're like, "What?" Thinking, okay, this is the this is the breakthrough idea that we need. And she said, "TJ Maxx." Oh my gosh! You should you should she's, you should call the manager. She's on oh, the sales floor at Macy's. Call Mr. Me at Macy. Yeah. Don't you know the CEO of Macy's? You should just <laughs> Mr. Tell Macy. Okay, so she's she's try on the one hand she's trying to be helpful, right? Yes, she is. She's we're looking for cheap. You're looking for a discount, yeah. Yeah. discount bed spreads, cover she, she said, if you're looking for high quality, inexpensive <laughs> uh, bedding. TJ Maxx is really the Isn't place that to what mom always said, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm just like dumbfounded because I'm like, okay, did they have you been trained at all? Like by anyone? Is there when they hired you, did they give you like just like thirty minutes in a you know, uh a break room about how to sell people <laughs> stuff here at Macy's Macy's, you know, that so uh, anyway, so we, uh, I ended up, so we get up to the cash register. It's like a fraction of the price that she told us. And she, so, so we buy it. It's all good. She obviously got banished very quickly from the bedding department because then we wander over into some of the housewares areas <laughs> because the, somehow the dust buster in the little bungalow has disappeared and we were in desperate need of a dust buster. So I go over there to get a dust buster, which again, they're practically free. They're giving they're giving things away over there. Like here, take your dust, dust buster, three dollars. And uh, so I pick, I find the dust buster. I go up to the cashier and row row. Seasonal help is now the cashier over in the dust busting department. So, the same girl. Same girl. Yeah, same girl. Uh-oh. She's in she's in a new department. So I can I'm I'm pretty certain she hasn't been well briefed in housewares either. <laughs> So then I'm just trying to pay. Monica's like, oh, God, oh, God, maybe we should just go stand somewhere else. Do you really sure you want to transact with her? I'm like, look, we can do this. So I get up there and, you know, they're like credit card swipe machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, she was having a little trouble with the, with the cards and machines and things, but I noticed it had one of those Apple pay stickers on it, mm-hmm. you know, which is new, which I have, but of course I, you have it, Liz. but yes. I've, yes. but I've never used it. So I thought, okay, this could solve the problem. I was like, Oh, I see you have Apple pay. And she said, we do. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, okay, that's well, not good. No, that's we, not good. Don't, we are don't not look. going to experiment on that. So we, uh, so anyway, we, I managed <laughs> to get through the transaction and we leave just laughing all the way at the idea that the girl in the bedding department who's now selling the dust busters, really, she's just trying to say, we walk outside. What's exactly next door to the Macy's? TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's, Why do you think she goes on her break? <laughs> no, that's when you know someone's completely given up is when they mention another store. <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've had salespeople say that to me. And you feel like reporting them, but it's not even worth it. I mean, they are trying to be helpful. They are. I mean, that's rather than push merchandise on you. I mean, she could tell you wanted inexpensive coverlets once, you know, once you told her what a coverlet was. I I think mainly, Julie, her thing was she was very familiar with the merchandise at TJ Maxx Uh and and not the least bit familiar with the merchandise at Macy's. I think that's what it really came down to. And how how does the room look now, Liz? Awesome, Sheila. Awesome. It's just like a... A touch of lodge is how Monica described it. It's just it's it's kind of a a touch of lodge. Like it could be Timberline Lodge, could be a place in Maine. It just has the perfect little upstairs bunk room, Martha Stewart kind of quality to it for a fraction of the cost. So good. I, so I'm a, I'm a new convert, <laughs> new convert to uh to Black Friday, but Black also Friday. it's also good. supported the small business at the same good. time. Got the toys from Leap and Lizard. And the cut rate bedspreads over there at Macy's. <laughs> wow, sisters, this is Sheila. I haven't been doing any shopping, and I probably won't. Uh, but I have been busy at at the house. You know, I told you my downstairs neighbors moved out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sque- yeah, Squeaky From and Wolfman Jack. Yeah, yeah they're gone. Um, and you know, I like my li- I love my building. I have my little laundry room, so I was doing my laundry, getting caught up on laundry uh, on the four day weekend. And I ran into my downstairs neighbor, a woman, I would say about my age, who I've really never talked to. But I have mentioned before on the show, uh, I don't know if you remember the woman who moved in a couple years ago with the giant planters. Mm-hmm. Um, she I, was, I don't recall that. Okay, well, she's a woman it. who's obviously downsized from a palatial, um, <laughs> you know. Planter-friendly environment. Roco planter in. She probably had a floral peacock in her backyard. <laughs> she too. has had it all. She had so much garden furniture, Julie, that she donated two enormous Rococo planters for the front of her building. And she still has her entire down, her tiny downstairs garden apartment. She has like, you know, real housewives of Laguna beach out there. I mean, it's, 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 it's chaises. It's, you know, enormous hurricanes. Um, They have grills. She's always moving furniture about because she obviously has so much stuff mm-hmm. moved from her other location. So, um, so she, again, she, I mentioned she's about my age. Another thing that's interesting about her, which I've noticed before, is she's always wearing the exact same outfit every well, time. She must be French. That's what the French women do. Stylish. <laughs> well, if you see her, you know, they're, they look stylish. If you see them the next time, they're in the same outfit. Yeah. Julie, okay. I, I, I talked to her. I don't think she's French, but she does wear a, a, everything's large scale with this woman, an enormous white shirt with, with black slacks. So it's just a crisp white shirt 
that she wears every day. She's got a uniform. I like that. I and that's a that. classic look. It's a, it's yeah. very attractive. Can't go wrong with that. I, I appreciate it too. And then the other other thing I'll say about what uh, the visual is usually when I peek into her apartment. Um, again, downsized to a one bedroom apartment from Laguna Beach to South Beth. Um, she often usually is in rollers. And when I say rollers, these things are about as big as I would say a tire for a Mini Cooper. <laughs> she has these rollers in her hair. And I see her leaning over the, you know, the spaghetti sauce, whatever she's making. I said, if those rollers drop, it's, she's a dead woman. I mean, she, she, you know, she has the art of uh, rollers down. Um, so the other day I just said, you know what? I'm going to say hello. So oh, I, you're so friendly. See, this is really going to come in handy when you're running a B&B. <laughs> I, and you know what? I said, hi, how are you doing? I, again, I didn't give her my name. I didn't ask for her name, but I wanted to acknowledge her. She had the, she had the rollers on, she had her uniform on. And, um, I said to her, you know, uh, I've noticed I see you out walking in the early morning. <laughs> and I do. She said, oh, yes, I'm a walker. So I said, you know, I, I like to walk, too. She said, yes, I've done some long walks. I said, oh, really? She said, well, last year, um, last year I did a 500-mile walk. <laughs> So she's wild. She is because she has. Oh, yes. She's she's Cheryl Strain. Yes. She did a a pilgrimage in in Italy where they walked for 500 miles. And I said, okay, well, that's that's a little bit more than the Rose Bowl when I walked the Rose Bowl with my sisters. And she said, yes, it's it's very healing. I was like, how, you know, I couldn't. So just getting, I was just getting to know her, really. Uh I said, you do you walk to work? I said, I see you in the morning, and I see her going off in the early morning with a flashlight. She said, Oh no, no, no! I'm just walking. I walk all the way to Starbucks in San Marino. I said, Well, that's that's about a half an hour. The town San Marino is the next town over. It takes about twenty minutes to drive. Mm-hmm. She goes, I walk in the dark to Starbucks and then I come back. I go, wow. Can, can she, can she pick up something for you while she's there in the morning? How about one of those large iced teas? <laughs> I couldn't figure out. And Put I order in. She said, then I get ready for work. I said, wow, that that's, that is a commitment to walking. I have never heard of anybody First of all, doing a 500-mile walk. No. Have you? And, and yeah, then, people do pilgrimages. You can do that, I know, in Spain, that you can walk she around. Said, I'm not part of any religious thing. I just like oh. walking. I said, well, apparently. <laughs> yourself out, man. <laughs> you, why don't you just walk, walk your way back to Laguna Beach and then come back? I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, so she she goes out in the dark. I mean, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Walking that's to a, so that's a good little detail you got out of her in this one conversation. One conversation. Mm-hmm. I know she's uh, what you call an ultra ultra walker. So does that encourage you to talk to her more or less? <laughs> I would say less. I would say a lot less. Okay. That 
That is something, that's a different category that I'm not familiar with. Are you, I mean, have you ever talked to anyone who's done a 500 mile walk? Um, no, or, but I, you know, friends who've done those three day breast cancer walks and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, I can, I don't mind maybe that. It's, maybe the, it's her, you know, you swim long distances. It's not that yeah. But, but I don't swim in the dark. I mean, I guess I do. I guess I swim in the dark. Walking, I just see as um, quite dangerous. If okay. it's, if well, it's dark. to each his own, right? Yeah, yes. whatever. You're and gonna, You're going to really learn that when people are living in your home and you're making their bed <laughs> and making them breakfast. People do, I, people do some weird things before breakfast. You'll, you'll find out. <laughs> First, my bubble. Yep. Okay, well, uh, whew. so I, the Thanksgiving holiday is just about over. Well, it's Saturday afternoon as we do this, so I hope you guys have a good Sunday. As I said at the beginning, four-day holidays are the greatest, mm-hmm. you know, because you just, you can really, you get the two days, the Thursday, Friday, that are both really fun and really action-packed and energetic, and then you wake up Saturday morning and you still have a whole weekend. It's just, you can't beat that. Yeah. Well, relax it. and enjoy, sister. Good times. You earned yep. it and you deserve it. Okay. Oh, thank you, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> That's, That's our motto. That's our motto for this year. <laughs> Name and Marcus, they should put that right on the cover. <laughs> you earned it. You deserve it. <laughs> All right. Anybody have anything special planned this week, Julie? Just what's going on? Anything new? Oh, well, Lee's coming. That's my big special Oh, plan. that's right. Yes, I'm having a, uh, a special visit from uh, from our sister, Leon, who is going to, who's showing up here tomorrow. So I'm, I, I've got a flurry of activities that we're going to be doing while, while she's here. She's just a 24-hour period. Her husband is going to be here as well, and uh, we're going to have some fun. So that's, that's great. Very special. Mm-hmm. And Sheila, now that Grandparents' Day is behind you uh, with your third graders, do you also have to come up with some kind of holiday pageant? Is there anything that goes on at school that you need to start rehearsing immediately? Liz, I am getting ready, believe it or not, for the Martin Luther King Assembly, which we are giving this year. Oh. So we're going to skip right over Christmas and work towards that. That's going to be an all-out effort, and um, I'm excited. Oh, so does a different classroom have to do it each year? Is that sort of moves around that way as an assignment? It has not moved around for quite a while, and I I, I am doing it for the first time this year. So I'm going oh. to, I'm going for the gold on this one, Liz. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. You can do it, Sheila. You you you've earned it and deserve it. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, remember, you can always go to our blog at SatelliteSisters.com. You can like us on Facebook. That's our Facebook page. So just like the Satellite Sisters on the Facebook page. But you can participate in the Facebook group. That's where you can post whatever you want and everybody else can make comments there. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sat Sisters and I am at SS Liz. And what else? How else can you get in touch with it? Oh, our email address is mm-hmm. sisters at satellitesisters.com. Sisters at satellitesisters.com. So, well, okay, sisters, have a good week. Julie, are you and Leon doing a midweek show? Or Yes, the- we're going to do a show okay. on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. we'll do it all. We're all going right. to have some fun and then do a show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have another show coming up in a couple of days. Until then, don't forget, call your satellite sister. You walk into... The world you make, you 